This episode of the Bitcoin Echo Chamber podcast is sponsored by WTFHappenedIn1971.com. The economics meme taking the world by storm where all of us are trying to find out the answer to what the heck happened in 1971. WTF1971 also has a merch store now. You can find it at WTF-1971.creator-spring.com. I'll post a link to that down in the show notes if you want to check it out. Thanks for the support. You ready to go? Yep. Shane, how you doing, man? I'm good, Colin. Thanks for having me. Oh, how do you feel now that you're on the Bitcoin echo chamber? Uh, special. Good, good. As you should. All of my guests are special. I'm going to leave an awkward silence here. All right. So that sounds about right. Uh, so we're here today to talk about a very special topic that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, the title of today's episode is Learn to Code. Um, where should we start? I think that we should start with the story of how you and I met. Because it's, you mean my detective skills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, or my bad OPSEC, because I doxed <laughs> myself. Yeah, so um, in the boot camp that um, HAC and me are in, uh, there's a Slack channel, and I believe you posted something like, you know, learning to pull from an API. And it was um, appending to the DOM. Appending to the DOM makes you feel like a wizard. Yeah. And I just ha- I happened to also follow your NIM on Twitter, and I saw a very similarly worded tweet. And I Basically, like, copy and pasted the exact same thing on my Twitter it was, feed. Yeah, it was it was very close. The, the word wizard was used in both. And I'd also seen you join the Bitcoin channel in our Slack. And I kind of I was like, it can't be the same person. And I was like, I just worked up the balls to just like straight up come out and be like, hey, by the way, are you also known as heavily armed clown? <laughs> and I was like, oh, snap. Well, it's out now. And I well, I'm actually really glad that we had that conversation, though, because I'm so what? We started, all right, so for a little bit of background for the listeners, we've been doing Lambda School. Well, Bloom Tech, formerly known as Lambda School for like, what, maybe I would say like the last 10 months or so. Yeah, it feels weird calling it Bloom Tech, but. I know, um, it doesn't fit. It's so, it's such a weird rebrand. Yeah, we started April, 2021. April, okay. So yeah, right about 10 months going on 11. Um, It's been a journey, dude. Like it's been something, Um, but we'll get into that. But anyway. Um, yeah, I'm really glad that we connected in the way that we did because it was kind of like, oh, hey, here is this other guy who, um, is also a Bitcoiner and like, you know, we can kind of bounce ideas off each other. And, and we've talked a lot, like during the time that we've been in this cohort, like DM'd each, I've, I've spent way more time, like troubleshooting problems with you and like bouncing ideas off of you than like anyone else in uh, the Lambda school. So like, I was really grateful for that. For sure. I mean, like definitely like you're an interesting guy that I followed organically on Twitter anyway. And it was like, Oh, here's this guy that's also experiencing the same things that I'm experiencing um, with Lambda. And like you said, like I didn't have anyone else that I was really talking to in our cohort and it just was a a natural thing, like an icebreaker that we both like Bitcoin. I think we first started just kind of talking about that a little bit. And then it kind of developed into, Hey, can you take a look at my code? Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And 
it's kind of like, um, I think everyone has this experience with people they like work with is like, you can't help but becoming friends with people you're always working with because sure. you're constantly talking to them and right. trying to, you know, conquer the same challenges. So, <clears throat> um, I think like for anybody that, that wasn't like in, that didn't kind of go through the same experience as us though, they, they might not realize it was kind of like a needle in a haystack moment though, because we just so happened. So I, I don't remember, you maybe remember, but we started the beginning of Lambda. We had what, like 140 people in our cohort or something like that. It, it was, I think it was the number 176 sticks out in my mind for the number of people in the original Slack channel. And now, well, so yeah, maybe, maybe a dozen of those or so were like instructors and TAs and whatever, but there right. was like at least, at least 150 strong um, when we first start, started. And now 10 months later, 11 months later, we're in labs, which is like practical skills application project development. It's like a pseudo internship. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It's like, but totally unpaid uh, right. working for like nonprofits. <laughs> the and, way I um, explained it to my dad was um, it's like a vocational school. Like if you're like an auto body student and like yeah. your senior year, like real customers bring in their real cars for you to work on mm-hmm. and they get a, a discount or whatever on their mm-hmm. service. Cause they you know that you're real- just some dumb kid teaching their oil yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a really Helping good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now like we've made it all the way to labs. There's what, like maybe 10 people still in our cohort from the original cohort. It might even be less than that. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, that's a, that's a really high attrition rate. Now, some of those people like kind of, they roll over, they like flex the unit, meaning that they just stay where they are and they repeat the unit from day one. Cause there's like what, four units leading up to labs. And every time at the end of the unit, you have the option to flex. So we didn't necessarily lose everybody, but like from what I've seen, looking back, most of the people who flexed um, end up kind of getting lost in the weeds, so to speak. Like they don't, they don't, I don't want to I don't want to say that like, if you flex, you don't end up making it through, but it's like, if it certainly seemed like a lot of the people that were flexing were kind of just doing it because they were losing interest and were uh, eventually going to quit anyway. So maybe, and maybe that's not accurate, but that's just kind of what my read. I think the highest attrition rate was definitely the, the first unit. Cause you could kind of tell like after, after the first two weeks of JavaScript, I think you could tell whether or not you were going to be able to like gut your way through it and, mm-hmm. You know, even if it didn't come naturally to you or, mm-hmm. or whoever was trying to learn, like you had an idea whether or not you could, you know, really grind and put in enough work to get through it. So I think some people at that point were like, this is not for me. Mm-hmm. And probably mm-hmm. half, half were out after, you know, two, three weeks of JavaScript. Yeah. And um, I remember doing Zoom calls with like a lot of really nice people who were just like, yeah, you know, I just really want to like improve my my lot in life. And and I really want to do this. And I, but I mean, you know, for whatever reason, maybe it was like personal reasons or things come up, you know, like it, it was hard. It was a big commitment, like three hours a day, every single weeknight for 10 months. That was a, plus whatever you have, to, like whatever study time and project time you have to do outside of that. That, that was a lot. Yeah, I think one of one of the like, if you remember back to like orientation, I think the most frequently asked question was, how much time per day are you expected to like put into this? And there's no real good answer for it either. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, we have three hours allotted for class, but in reality, it's however long it takes you to learn this skill. Right. You know. So, 
I think some people were like came in expecting, okay, if I do my three hours of class every night, I will progress. And maybe the first or second time they ran into, Ooh, this is going to take me six hours instead of three hours. You know, they might've reevaluated how much they really wanted to spend a year doing that. So. Yeah, actually, I want to circle back to that because I want to finish up that earlier thread. So coincidentally, because we had brought up the topic how, how you and I met. And then coincidentally, um, our very first like group project, we ended up in the same group out of like, at that point, maybe it was like 100 people, just happenstance. Like we ended up in the same group project. And additionally, the other girl who I'm not going to say her name just for, you know, like her privacy sake, but like she ended up in our group as well. And she's one of the other ones who also made it all the way to labs with our cohort. So like, the th- that's really ironic that the three of us would end up in that one very first group project. And then all three of us would end up, you know, in the last cohort uh, out of like, the- there's a pretty low chance of that, like statistically speaking. So like, that was pretty cool. Cause I've, I've really sure. enjoyed working with her. She's great. I think the word you're looking for is serendipity. Yeah. 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 Is that right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, not to like toot our own horns or anything, but when, when you say made it all the way through, you mean made it all the way through without having to repeat material basically. So like mm-hmm. other people definitely will make it all the way through, but it might take them a year and a half or two years instead mm-hmm. of like the, the quote one year that Bloom Tech slash Lambda will tell you that the part-time program takes. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was we were the last part-time cohort. They discontinued part-time as we were in unit one. So it made it harder to repeat a unit until there were enough students from our cohort who were able to repeat at the same time. I don't know if you remember this, but they had originally told us, one of our instructors had said in like a lecture that you weren't going to be allowed to flex at all. And I think that there was a lot of internal. That freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, no, me too. That was before the point where like, I was fairly confident that I could, you know, learn all this stuff. But I think they kind of like walked that back, like over the next couple of weeks, they were sort of like, no, you can still flex. Like we're still going to do a flex unit after this. Um, but it certainly kind of, it kind of got the feeling like, okay, I don't really want to fall behind here because it kind of seems like I'm going to become an afterthought if I do. Uh, I don't know if you got that impression. It definitely pushed me harder to be like, okay, definitely try your hardest now because like. I don't know if you, you might not have felt this way. I think I'm a little older than you too. It was like, I'm 34. So it's like, this was kind of like my, this is my shot to like do something different, you know, change careers. Like, and if I, you know, put all my eggs in that basket and it didn't, it didn't work out. It was like, okay, I'm stuck doing what I want to get out of doing. And um, I don't know if I have it in me to, make this commitment again, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, and, and like full disclosure. So I think that that's a really good point to bring up too. Um, neither we're not like spring chickens, right? We're not like 18, 19 years old. We do have one kid in our cohort. He is super awesome. He's in high school and he has been doing this. I love his story. He is so cool. He is such an awesome kid. I'm trying to orange pill him, but he, he has been in high school for this entire cohort. He goes to school all day, comes home, which is not really any different than what we do, right? We work all day, come home, right. do Lambda. This kid goes to high school all day, comes home, does Lambda. And he's going to graduate high school as like a full stack developer. He is a badass kid, man. 
he the way he described it to me was so funny. He was like, he was like, yeah, over the pandemic, we were doing like all this like Zoom class. I wasn't doing anything really in the Zoom class, just wasting my time. So I thought to myself, well, I might as well just learn something, learn something else in the time that I'm not spending at school. So he started Lambda with, you know, no upfront payment or whatever. And yeah, he's going to be 19 and oh, he's making six for, figures. Yeah. He's he'll, smart. He'll too. be making six figures by the time he's in his early 20s. It's like, amazing. And I, I guess that, that with no just, downside too. it's like, right. And that just kind of highlights like it, you know, I understand it's intimidating. I'm still intimidated by computer programming, but um, kind of like no matter where you're at in life, you can do it. Like if, if it's something that you really want to apply yourself to and you're willing to like carve out that time in your life, because everybody makes the excuse of, well, you know, I only have four hours a day and I spend, I want to spend that time watching television or whatever. Like if it's something that you want, you'll make it happen. Um, whether you're in high school or whether you're already in a career, you know, like I have a family. Um, so for me, this was again, like one of those all eggs all in the basket situations where it's like, Hey, I'm leaving my job in a month. Um, that's happening. Like, so, uh, I'm moving full-time into software engineering in a month and, uh, you know, fingers crossed it works out well, but, um, so let's back up. Um, what was your, did you have any coding experience at all before you started Lambda? Almost none. I, the, the first time I even had, like, it, it was always a thing to me that was like, out of like an out of reach like oh i could never even approach that like i had no interest in high school in like digging into computer code or like any of that stuff mm -hmm. and i think it was the idea sparked in my head around i think it was like 2018 or 19 i read an article on hacker noon by i think his name is like andre excuse me if i'm pronouncing the wrong Neogi, he's like you can find him on twitter he's uh he does like Ud udemy courses mm -hmm. and stuff and it was like this whole article on you know zero to full stack or zero to like junior developer in nine months or something and him just outlining how you know a lot of developers and software engineers there's less credentialism to get your foot in the door and it's more of like a sh show me and prove it Mm. um type of job to to get hired off the street than like oh you have to have a cs degree or you have to have this and that and so that was like kind of like wow you know these are really high paying jobs i'm a smart guy all the tools are available on the internet for for me to and all the information and tutorials and it's all there if you want to go do it so mm -hmm. i started doing that and I think I got, you know, I just barely got into JavaScript in the, I think the self, um, the self-guided course where it's like, you have no deadlines or whatever. It's like, like mm -hmm. all on you. Mm -hmm. I, I think just didn't really I've struggled with click those, with man. me. Yeah. Cause it was like, there was no like consequence to not doing mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. I guess there's uh, no skin in the game for it. Like exactly. So, um, and then, Around the same time, I came across Austin's, uh, the founder of Bloom Tech, his Twitter account. He seemed like a sharp guy. And you that's know, how you heard about Lambda? I believe so. I think it was actually um, 
you know the guy from Barstool Sports who Portnoy? No, the he's a lesser character, but he made Marty Bent start the Tales from the Crypt podcast. Okay, yeah, Lewis. yeah, yeah. I I think his name is Buddy Loveless on Twitter. I think he retweeted something about Lambda School being like, "You're an idiot if you are, have a low paying job and you're not looking into this or something." I, I'm actually ashamed to admit this. Twitter. I'm actually ashamed to admit this, but I first heard about Lambda School on Pomp's podcast years really? ago. But yeah, like when they first started it, like when when Austin first launched Lambda, Pomp had him on and did they did an interview. And I remember, like, I kind of put it in my back pocket back then. And it was one of those things where like the time was right and the stars aligned. Um, so you had, other than just kind of like a little bit of tinkering, you really had no experience in coding at all before starting. Nothing learning. at all. I think when we started, I had a, like, I knew like a little bit of HTML, a little bit of CSS, no JavaScript. Hmm. So. I'm yeah. trying to think back to, so I was, I've always kind of had like a, like a, hot and cold relationship with with software um like in college like i remember borrowing this massive like dictionary size textbook from a friend on java and like trying to learn java and getting about as far as the hello world program and kind of just like losing interest or like getting to the hello world program and then like getting into objects and kind of just like just like right out of my brain um the textbook format did not work for me. It was a lot harder to learn code back then because I really wanted to. I almost switched my major in college to um, computer science and the career counselor talked me out of it. She told me it was too hard. I, 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 hate, I hate that moment. That's one of those moments that like you look back on in life and you're just like, what? What? Like that makes me so mad. But um, then it was like a little bit of tinkering with like, I've always kind of messed around a bit with like Linux, like being a Bitcoiner and like learning bash and um, navigating terminals and like Minecraft. This is going to sound weird, but like a lot of the Minecraft playing I did when I was younger, like helped fuel. Like if you haven't played Minecraft, you wouldn't understand. But like, if you have, you probably know what I'm talking about. Like there's a lot of logic and computer science elements to Minecraft, especially if you get into like modding and hosting servers and stuff like that. So that kind of like sparked a lot of my early interest and knowledge in some of it. Um, and then I, I did um, like a few years ago, I was like, all right, I'm going to become a software engineer. And I paid for Justin Moon's Biddle Bootcamp, which back at the time was like a one-on-one -on -one cohort with Justin kind of. Now it's just like a free course that he's posted on his website. But back then you had to pay for the curriculum and he would kind of like help you through it. And um, I got so, st I got like hopelessly stuck on like classes and objects and methods and I just didn't have enough background in the fundamentals to like make it all the way through Biddle Bootcamp um, to the point where I felt like I could do anything useful. So I kind of like, for me, it was constantly like learning a little bit of code and then like backburnering it and then learning a little bit of code years later and then backburnering it. And I knew, and I would go to, I would go and do like a, go and do like a Python tutorial, like do a few hours of Python, go do like some, um, like some code academy stuff or like some free code camp stuff, but I never like made any uh, meaningful progress at all. Uh, I always felt like, man, I just still feel like I know absolutely nothing. And I still feel that way now, but I know a lot more now than I did like a year ago because Lambda, that whole, like, like you said, the skin in the game thing, like I knew, okay, I'm putting 15 grand down on Lambda. And if I don't see this all the way through, like that's going to be sunk cost. So um, that was, that was for me having a structured curriculum, having a peer group, 
that kind of like can hold me accountable a little bit. Cause like I'm a bit of a competitive person and having that skin in the game in terms of the cost, that's what I needed personally to like, kind of really buckle down. Right. Yeah. I think like Lambda, like having the curriculum laid out, like, okay, we've done this with other people before. These are the things we taught them and they're evolving as we go. But like, if you learn all these things, there's a whatever they claim, like 80-ish percent chance you're going to get a job in tech. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's very appealing. Um, I don't know how exactly forthright they are with those numbers. They can fudge that. But there's, you know, dispute about that. But the that kind of, you know, you'd read reviews or whatever on Reddit or and usually you get the complainers. And the thing that really sold me and made me actually do it was the, like the ISA structure and the, um, how they get paid is aligned is aligning incentives with the student. Mm -hmm. So it was like, if, you know, you paid up front, I did not, Mm -hmm. I, I took out, I took the ISA. So I'll be paying, um, I forget what the percentage is like 17% of my income or something for two years, but it's it's capped at 30 grand, which, you know, if I make what I think I'm going to end up making, like, that's fine. I'm perfectly happy to, to do that, you know, because my, you know, my other options were go back to college and some master's program that I probably hate and spend twice that much. Mm, So, but it was the thing that pushed me over the edge. I I just want to reiterate was, and I think they changed how they do it, but it's the same idea is aligning incentives between the student and the institution that we're going to get you paid. So you, we're going to get you paid so you can pay us basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's so, what sold me and got me to actually sign up. You know, um, the, the Lambda thing, like it's kind of weird because I feel like in a lot of like their marketing or certainly like in a lot of like the interviews and stuff that I heard, they kind of made it sound like, oh, if you don't find a job, you won't owe us this money. But that isn't really true. Like if you actually read the ISA, it basically says, no, like you'll still have to pay us. Like we're, you're still like if you the way it works is um, as you progress through the curriculum, there's like certain checkpoints. And as you hit those checkpoints checkpoints you're now on the hook for like a larger percentage of um the payment to lambda so like when i did it i paid in installments because i paid up front in cash so i paid like five grand at like checkpoints throughout the curriculum so i imagine it's the same thing for the isa where like you owe a certain percentage of the total as you progress through the school but they they kind of made led me to believe I didn't believe this like after I signed all the paperwork and everything, but, or after like I read all the terms and conditions, but like they kind of, I felt like they kind of lead people to believe that like, Oh, if you don't get a job in tech at the end of this, you won't owe us anything, but that isn't exactly true. I kind of, I kind of like that too, how you got to pay in smaller installments as you win. So it's like, you know, it's not all upfront and you get to see some value as you go and decide if you mm-hmm. want to keep going. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of how you did it? Yeah. And the, the that first, makes sense too. I didn't pay anything until like either the Please. end of unit one or the end of unit two. I can't remember. I want to oh. say it was like 
the the cutoff date was like halfway through unit two yeah so so yeah so like unit like one and a half so like you can definitely try the program out and and do it for a few months uh and not pay a dime Um, and like we said a lot a lot of the people find out whether or not they want to do it or not like a couple weeks in mm -hmm. you know if you if you can get through the first block of javascript ability to do the program yeah so let's talk a little bit about the curriculum so so we did web full stack um which i i guess did they still are they still offering that i don't know lambda changes their curriculum constantly and i'm going to call them lambda because that's just what i'm used to calling them I, they're they're known I as think bloom, that's, bloom tech now i think they're better known as lambda i don't know why they yeah, gave up that branding it, I, I think it, it makes sense to me but lawsuits or something like that um mm-hmm. I think they're just trying to like distance themselves from bad reviews or whatever. Um, but we did web full stack. There's also data science. Um, and then they just recently launched a backend course, which man, I feel like we missed the boat on that one, but I, uh, I would agree there. Yeah. I was actually, I almost did data science. I did too, I was, man. I was, I was really 50, 50. Yeah. I kind of figured, okay, let me learn how to develop web applications and then I could teach myself data science later on. Um, cause I, I just I think it's true. Yeah. I think that's I, true. I just want to get my foot. Cause I, I know how these things work. I have to get my foot in the door in software engineering professionally, because until I do that, like I'm never, um, my, my growth potential is always going to be really limited until I'm getting paid to like write code every day. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, I've got to fast track myself like into a job so that I can get in there and like start learning at a professional level. And for me, it made more sense to do web development for that reason than data science, even though like I'm probably more interested in data science and backend than full stack web. Yeah, I think, I don't think I would end up liking data science as much as I liked the limited, I mean, we saw like a limited amount of backend development, but I like that the best. So do I. So far of what, of what we've done. But as far as like the data science goes, I thought that the web track offered probably more prospects because it's mm-hmm. more of like a general like swiss army knife yeah it's like a more well-rounded software development to... right so whereas data science you're specialized if you're good at it you're gonna get paid and you're gonna get paid well but it's kind of like you know a mediocre web developer will probably get hired and have a good career a mediocre data science person i i don't i i'm not too confident in and how they do. Plus, right. there's there's linear algebra on that curriculum, and I don't know if you took how much calculus you took in college, none, but none. That's brutal. Yeah, uh, and, and we're kind of seeing that now. We're like, so so real quick, just for some perspective, unit one is like HTML, CSS, intro to JavaScript. Unit two, I think, was React, right? Yes, it was. It was introduction to the the DOM. So like, how you get JavaScript to work. Um, in a browser and display stuff in a browser. And then it was basically intro to React. Mm-hmm. And I've forgotten so, most of it. I've forgotten like almost all of React. Like I, my React has totally gone out of my brain. I hate it, but I, I need to revisit it. But, and then unit three was like advanced React and Redux. That was like heavy state management stuff. That was, that I, was lo- hard. I loved Redux. Yeah. That was, was, was kind of like my light bulb moment. That was the hardest. Like, hey, you can do this. I really struggled with that one. Um, I, I like, reason re- go ahead. 
for some reason, Redux just clicked in my brain. Like there was other stuff I struggled with, but mm. Redux just made sense to me for some reason. Uh, I don't know and, why. And then Unit Four was Node.js, like backend development, writing APIs, drawing schemas. This is what I really like. Like I, I really enjoyed backend a lot. Um, and then after that, we were now we're in labs and we're both technical project managers. Boy, if Lambda listens to this, they're going to know exactly who we are. Oh, well, <laughs> um, I don't care. I've already paid Lambda. So whatever. Um, you, you're you in a different boat, but don't, don't say anything too harsh. Uh, I don't think I have yet. I, I've very much enjoyed my experience and I think they've lived up like there. It's definitely like not a finished product, but they've lived up to, I think, just about everything that I was promised so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm overall, I'm very satisfied. Um, I have some gripes, but we'll, let's save the gripes for a little later on. Um, and I will, I'll add too, I think they're, they're a net positive on like taking education, like they're a guinea pig for taking education and trying to like morph it into like the internet age, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I agree. So, so like good on them for, for doing it because someone has to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that they've done a good job. I think their curriculum, I mean, again, I don't know, right? And it, like, it's like that conversation we were having the other day where um, I told you about this like meta that I've noticed where you have the school way of doing things and then you have like the test way of doing things. And then there's like the real way of doing things that everyone actually does. And those three things are never the same. Like in any career, this is how it is. Like it, pick, pick your field of study there, there's like the, the school learning way and then there's like the test way or like the certification way or like whatever you want to call it. And the, then there's the like dreaded, the, the, uh, OSHA, the OSHA way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's the real way, which like you actually do when you want to get the job done. And um, I've always kind of hated that meta because it's kind of like, okay, I just want to get through like learning the school way so that I can learn how to do it the real way. Cause I know that that's all that really matters. Um, and I do feel like there's, kind of a lot of that in lambda um and they claim that they do it all for a reason to like help develop fundamental principles and like um send home ideas like in your brain and and things like that and they're probably totally right you know again i don't know that much about computer science uh at the moment i'm, I'm still learning but um yeah I, I don't really have anywhere to go with that that was just yeah so i I think that it that does get a little nitpicky, and I like I, I definitely agree with your point because there there is definitely different ways of doing it, whether you're building a school project or in a real company, and you know they relate to each other, but definitely are 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 different. And you have you have to learn both as you go, but it's like. Um, I lost my train of thought. Maybe that you can go back to that if you have something else. No, I don't really have. I like remember. I don't have anywhere to go with that. I don't have like an endpoint. I just kind of wanted to bring it up. But uh, the other thing that we did that I think. Was oh, I got really, it. I got oh, it. Go ahead. I got it. It. The thing. It it isn't learning like the specific way of doing things that I think is valuable in this curriculum. It's learning that you can learn how to do those things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah like, i'd agree with that when we when we started learning different javascript frameworks and it was like 
oh my God, dude, React so hard. Like I just learned JavaScript. Now I got to learn this different way to do JavaScript. And then it's, you know, the next test suite and, you know, and you start learning framework after framework and it's like each time it gets a little bit easier. So like by the time we learned Express on the back end and, and how to spin up a server, I was like, I was like, yeah, there's, you know, intricacies in, in how to do it, but I know I can do it because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've done it before. So it, it really is like, you know, learning that those first couple core principles and it's like, okay, now you know how to learn the next one. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm not as like, I won't be as like nitpicky of, of you know, this is the scholastic way to do this thing. And it's going to be totally different when we do it for a real like stakeholder like we're mm-hmm. doing now. Mm-hmm. But it's that ability to like teach yourself how to learn this stuff that I think is really valuable. It was definitely uh, at times the curriculum felt like like drinking from a fire hose because it was like, as soon as you felt like you learned and were starting to grasp one thing, you were already moving on to something else. Uh, it's definitely like a, I don't want to say a frantic pace because it really isn't. It's just that it, it, it never stops kind of marching forward. Um, and there's definitely things that like, I'll, I'll have to go back to and like revisit. And, um, but that, but that's kind of like what I do think they did a good job was, was like kind of getting us into the pool, you know, like starting at the shallow end and walking us all the way to the deep end and like showing us things along the way and being like, okay, here's this, here's this, here's this, here's this, here you are. Now you're a developer. And it's like, okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, the other thing that they did that I think was super good was from the very beginning, everything that we did, we submitted all of our assignments with Git. Um, yes. Like that Very was a, important. a huge part of the early curriculum was like learning how to navigate Git and use Git. And I am by no means a Git master. I know how to do like five or six of the most important commands to do the things that matter. I don't know Git how. Still, like, Git still scares the shit out of me. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's tough, but but um, it's so important. And I think that forcing us to kind of build that muscle memory really early on um, when it didn't make sense at all. Um, was really good. That was one of my favorite things about what Lambda does is that all of your projects are submitted via Git. Well, not not all of them, but I would say like 70%. Yeah, and that might have been like day, I think. Was say Git. that again? <laughs> I think that was like the third day, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, like I think the so. third class. It was like HTML, HTML, Git. Right. I hate HTML, man. I hate HTML and I hate CSS. <laughs> They're just yeah, so CS- boring. I'm not a design guy. So like, I think some people really like like the design in CSS and there I've read about other frameworks that make CSS a little easier to work with. Mm. Definitely. But I think if you were like a design, like visual person, I'm just not, I'm a, I like to learn how things work and, and make them work and build things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I think that it, it's a different, a different person who, you know, likes like the design stuff and the, in the visual aspect and the UX UI stuff. That's why. So I'm the kind of guy that like, if I ever in the future, if I'm ever using CSS, I'm going to be looking for like a lot of boilerplate and like tailoring it to what I need. Um, that's why I do most of my web development on WordPress. Cause I can just like install a theme and it has like all the UX and design and stuff already for me. And I can like customize it to how I, to my liking instead of building it. I don't, I don't, because there's not really any like i don't want to say it's not logical because it is it's totally logical it's like you do that you do x you get y 
with like HTML and CSS, but there's no like problem solving. You know what I mean? It's, it's just a there's matter no, of. There's no, it works or it doesn't work. Right. It's like, it's. Well, there's a little bit of that, but yeah, well, I guess. it's usually because your syntax though. is wrong. Right. It's more subjective. I don't like the tinkering. So. It's kind it's, of like painting. HTML mm. and CSS is kind of like painting on like a blank canvas. You know what I mean? Is like, there's no wrong way to do it. There's certainly better ways to do it. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? But you're not like yep. engineering. You're not like solving a problem. You're, you're painting, you know, you're creating something. Um, and maybe that's a bad analogy. I don't know. Yeah. I, I struggle with like, oh, should it be, you know, five pixels this way or 5% up? Or should this be like a little bit bigger? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What color should I use? That stuff. And I think that was more of like a like a school thing, teach you how to learn this. Because I'm sure like if you went and you did CSS at a, at a company or Tailwind or like whatever they use, like there would be standards, like you only use these colors and you only use these sizes and you only use these shapes. But it was just moving stuff around and tinkering with how stuff looks is just not for me. Oh, man, I totally forgot when I explained the curriculum earlier, I skipped an entire unit. Um, so after back oh, CS, yeah, we did yep. computer science, data structures and data algorithms. And that was definitely my biggest love hate unit. Like I really loved that. Like I love that kind of problem solving. It's so fun. Um, but it is so hard, man, the skill ceiling on those things. So we've been taking this thing called the GCA, the general coding assessment through proctored by code signal. It's like a 70, 70 minute test that's proctored by this website. So like you have to turn on your webcam and like close all your other browsers and, and not wear headphones or they'll discredit your score. <laughs> that happened to me. And, uh, and you have like 70 minutes with four prob four data science problems. Well, computer science problems from ranging from like easy to medium to hard to like WTF. And depending on how many you can get done and set it pat like, satisfy and pass all the tests in that 70 minute time block you're given a score and i don't know how much weight there is to this but like lambda is telling us that oh if you get over you know x number you're pretty much already automatically placed for like a job with like a bunch of our partners um and that's more so like the problem solving like the the how would you call it it's um, problem solving. That's yeah. all it is. It's problem yeah. solving using your chosen computer language, computer mm -hmm. programming language. You can use any language you want, but the problems are all the same. And it's, it's just pure problem solving. I, I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, I, it was like learning like new data structures and stuff and how, how to use them was super, super hard. Yeah. I thought. It's really hard. But I still actual, feel like I don't know those very well. The there's like a there's a satisfaction in reading a problem and like breaking it down and at first being like, man, I got no clue how to how am I gonna go about this? And then you break it down a little bit. And I actually like I usually skip like those you know problems, but we used like the Uber framework or whatever that was like understand, plan, act. I never actually reflected really, but. <laughs> Um, I actually, I found that very helpful. Like I would write all my steps out in pseudo code and, you know, going from a problem that was like, 
what the hell? I have no idea how to approach this. And breaking down those little increments and like getting all those co- uh, tests to pass at the end was super satisfying. Mm, yeah. Re- recursion almost broke my brain though. <laughs> Recursion still hurts me sometimes. Oh man. my. It's tough. like, I can, I can use it, but like, I don't really understand. It, it never clicked for me yet. Yeah. It's weird. Um, it's cool as hell though. It, it is. And, and it, cause it kind of looks like magic. Like when you write a, it does a recursive function that works and you're just like, why does that work? <laughs> yeah. And it's like two lines and it like can traverse like some like data structure. That's, you know, that's millions it. of little nodes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but we've been, so it, like anybody that's still with us at this point, which maybe we should have said this at the beginning. We're going to be looking for jobs soon, right? Both me and Shane, um, junior web developers, come at us. We're both over 700 on the GCA, if that means anything to you. Um, definitely looking for jobs. Would love to work in Bitcoin. Um, I mean, well, I don't speak for you, Shane, but I assume that that's true. Uh, whoever pays me the most. Yeah, yeah, no, that's kind of how I'd, I'd, No, I'd love, to, I'd love to work for a Bitcoin company. Or a Bitcoin uh, company run by Bitcoiners, I think is more accurate. Because it doesn't have to necessarily be a Bitcoin company. Dude, I I could not agree with that more. Because a lot of Bitcoin companies are kind of dumb. Here I go, pitching myself and then criticizing my future employers. Uh, But it's the truth, right? Like a lot of Bitcoin companies, like they're not going to succeed. They don't have very good business models. Um, But like, I love Bitcoiners, you know what I mean? And I want to work with Bitcoiners because they're people that I feel like they're my tribe, you know? Some simpatico. Yeah, I, I was talking with Justin Moon about this the other day. He's like, "Man, a lot of this stuff in the space is just kind of dumb." And I'm like, "I agree." He's like, "People need to do better." I'm like, "I agree." He's like, "Let's do better." I'm like, "Okay, yeah." You and I have this uh, little project we we might work on. I don't know if we can find the time, but it yeah, it's a little uh, little little egg in the nest that's may may hatch, may not. Who yeah. Knows? Yeah. I mean, we, we could talk about it because someone told me, um, <clears throat> it's a good idea. I just don't know how, how exactly to execute. I know. Yeah. Oh. It's tough. Um, someone told me that it's like, it's not ideas that are scarce. Like you shouldn't be afraid to like talk about your ideas. Cause those aren't your golden goose. It's the execution. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, cause basically like what we want to do is build like a, I guess it's like a job board. So like think Bitcoin or jobs, but it's like pay to play, meaning like you have to post um, so, so the way that this was explained to me or like kind of pitched to me was like, okay, you have architects, right. And they have bonds that they have to pay in order to be able to like be practicing architects. And if they do anything that's like super screwed up where like they build a faulty structure or something and they leave their customer high and dry, they lose their bond. Like, and yeah, it's a lot of Bitcoiners can be like, oh, that's totally centralized. And yes, it is. Um, but a lot of really good things are centralized by necessity and, Certainly, like, I think you'll learn that if you, if you spend enough time in software. So um, the whole decentralize the world thing is, is nonsense. Like, it, it's pretty dumb. In, in a lot of cases, yeah, I think it's useful. But um, for an application like this, like, it would, yeah, it would need to be somewhat centralized because you, you would need moderators ultimately making the call whether or not people um, just, were justified in, like, losing their bond. But think, like, you pay a bond, and now if either you're a company or you're a software developer, you can, like, post jobs post positions, post work that you need to get done. And you have these developers who have like a little bit of skin in the game to even be able to like see your listing and contact you um, can kind of like jump in and say like, Hey, I'll work on that. Or, Hey, I'm looking for a job and my skill sets X, Y, and Z and kind of like a, um, 
like a premium LinkedIn, but not stupid. <laughs> yeah, I could see it being like not even, you know, hire this person. It could be, you know, I'm willing to pay twenty thousand dollars for this project. Exactly. Get done. Yeah. Yeah. And here's my timeline. You know, who wants it? And then you could have like some profiles or whatever mm -hmm. of developers, you know, pitch themselves on it or volunteer themselves for it and have the person pick who they want to work with and, it, Some, and it, something like that. It kind of filters people out of the gate because you have to pay the, um, Justin came up with a really cool idea where he said, what if you had to pay the bond with a lightning node, but like there was like some backend scripting that made sure that the lightning node wasn't like a centralized wallet where mm -hmm. you're, funds were being like you, you had to like have set up your own lightning node you know what i mean and it's like that that's kind of cool actually i don't know how we do that and it wouldn't be like a version one feature but um it's kind of like it, it is gatekeeping in a way but it's sort of like also screening you know it's like okay are these people at least somewhat in the ballpark of um like i don't know what do you call it like worldview philosophical ideology maybe not maybe that's not the right way of putting it are they bitcoiners i guess would be a better way to look at it like do they understand the basic premise of bitcoin because you have to do that to kind of get through the gate to play in the sandbox I, I think it's a really cool idea maybe it'll go somewhere who knows yeah i don't, I don't even know how to describe like the type if you're listening to this you know the type of person we're describing i don't know if you would call that I don't like using Bitcoin like worldview or Bitcoin or worldview. Like, right. I don't know. Ethos might be the right word, but it's like, or, you know, shared values, something, something like that. You know, it, you know, it when you see it though. And the idea would be to take that, you know, it what, when you see it and move that into like some sort of job board that hooks up people who want to hire and people who want to do. I guess. Right. Like, so it's like kind, kind of like Fiverr, except you're not getting spammed by that dude from India who has the really shitty um, drawings. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I guess. Yeah. Maybe like, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Work in progress. But anyway. Like we said, we're, we're still in the womb. <laughs> and maybe we'll both end up getting like six figure jobs working for Bloomberg and God, God willing. Well, not yeah, maybe not. We Bloomberg won't have time specifically. <laughs> nope, nope. Only Bloomberg. Uh, only Bloomberg Bloom, or yeah. New York Times, and then we won't have time to build this project. But um, yeah, I'm not too keen to move to New York City. No, no. That's um. So our our mutual friend sent me a message the other day, and because I was showing him my GCA score, and he said, "Oh, that that qualifies you for." Um, like a $150,000 position in, in Bloomberg, but you'd have to move to New York. And I'm like, they could pay me 10 times that amount and I would not move to New York. I'm, I'm too old to live in New York City. <laughs> not for me, man. Yeah, A lot of people love it. Not for me. I've had enough city in my life. Mm. Um, so... We kind of we kind of ran the gambit a little bit here. What what else do you want to talk about that we didn't hit on? Oh man, I mean, what would you say to somebody that's listening right now? That's like, man, these guys are like kind of inspiring me. Like, I want to learn to code um, because. So here's a really cool thing, right? Like now that we've learned to code, even though we're still kind of useless, 
we're way more useful than we were like a year ago. And I can like go into like an open source project and half the time not know what's going on, but like other times make tiny little contributions here or there and like submit those pull requests. And I actually got like something merged into an open source project last week. I saw it. Uh, I saw yeah, that. Congratulations. It was really cool. cool. And it wasn't much, right? It was just like one line of code and some documentation, but it made me feel really good. Um, and now I'm like, I'm contributing, you know, like I'm, I'm one of these people that's like contributing and I actually feel a little more confident, like opening up, um, like a, like a script, if it's not super complicated and like kind of figuring out how it works and doing a little bit of like security review and those types of things. Um, these are, I, these are skills that I've always, always, always wanted to have, but they were always right. felt out of reach. And, and I, um, you know, obviously neither of us are employed yet, but I think, I think we're going to be, I like, I think Shane and I will be fine. I think we're going to, we're just the type of people that are going to press forward and do what needs to be done to find employment and, and be successful. Um, but obviously like we haven't yet. So <laughs> I'm kind of projecting our, before the horse. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. But yeah, I, 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 I know it when I see it and I think we'll, we'll both do fine. Um, but yeah, what would you say to someone who was where we were like a year ago and is kind of like, I don't know, like I can't, ah, uh, because you, you have, um, I don't want to like speak too much to your personal life, but like you kind of told me what, feel free to share as much as you want, but you kind of told me you felt like you were in a dead end career. Like you didn't know where to go. I was in a, I worked a job, not, it wasn't a career. It was kind of like always like a, I got out, when I got out of college, it was like the height of the great recession. Like, and you would, I, uh, Actually, I went to college for mechanical engineering, hated it. I switched majors a few times. And I, in the end, I just like went to my advisor and was like, hey, can we make a degree out of like this mishmash of classes? And I just ended up with like a, I, th- I don't even know what the degree is called. It's like a general science with a focus in biology degree is oh. what I ended up with. So like, when I, when I got out of college, it was like, okay, I'm going to apply to like 300 jobs. They all want like five to six years of experience Mm -hmm. and just never heard back from any. And I ended up going to work, um, kind of doing like the job, like a, like a labor job I would do like as a, you know, over summers during college. And so start as a labor there, laborer there. And, you know, it was, it was always like, what am I really going to do? But in the meantime, I'll do this. And I, and I said that for, I think it was like nine years. I did mm-hmm. that. Like, and I worked my way up to, you know, I was running projects and stuff, but it was still out there in the cold in the winter. I was still out there sweating in the summer. Um, just doing something that always was a job and not, a career. And I mean, I think we'd all agree here. I'm a really smart guy, but like wasting that potential, you know, like I know I had more to offer and I know like I could probably do something cool if I applied myself Mm -hmm. and just being stuck in that spot. Like you feel like, like, I don't know how to, like this isn't r- your real life. This isn't your real job. Would bored like, be a good always, word for it? You're definitely bored, but it, it it's like unfulfilled. People, 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 
unfulfilled is a hundred percent and like not dead end, but like you top out mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like your friends will ask you, you know, Oh, what are you doing now? Like somebody you haven't seen in a while. And then you have to like explain it. And you're like a little bit of shame in the back of your head. Like, man, I should be doing something like way mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. than this. And you know what yeah, else it read, is? Like, what else it is too, is like when you kind of top out like that, or like when you know that you're kind of on like a, like a, projected growth in terms of like your income and everything like that. Like, and you start looking out into your future and you're thinking like, and you're starting to think like in terms of like, okay, how much Bitcoin can I accumulate throughout the Hmm. future? Like on this kind of like wage scale that I'm on or whatever. And, and it starts to kind of just feel like, I mean, I have really no incentive to work much harder today than I did yesterday. Um, I have no incentive to like really do much of anything other than just kind of like continue on this grind um software doesn't feel like that at all like software does not feel like because i feel like there is so much i don't know and there's the skill ceiling is so high and the pay ceiling is just absurd um like really 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 good developers like i'm talking like the best of the best can easily be making like seven figures a year like in total compensation easily like if they're i'm talking like best of the best like really good um we are not that but there's not like this feeling of um okay i made it you know like here i am like it there's no there's not a lot of places to go from here like software is not that's not the case yeah i guess thinking about it and talking that through a little bit and you know if somebody's make making a decision whether or not they want to change their career and make a a leap into software like we did or you know whatever their leap they want to make it's like that job you're working that you know you shouldn't be working and you've been there too long it the feeling is shame you're you're a little bit ashamed of yourself because you know you could be doing something mm-hmm, else mm-hmm. and and be doing something more and you're not living up to your potential and i i think it was at, like the beginning of the pandemic is when i decided to you know change careers because it was like an opportunity where like everything stopped and I had a minute to like reevaluate my life, you know, a little bit and coming across Lambda where it was, like I said, the incentives aligned between uh, the student and the institution. I decided to go for it and I'm really happy I did. And for somebody who's thinking about doing the same thing, like it's a ton of work and it's a ton of frustration and it's, you never feel like you're going to know enough and the imposter syndrome. I kind of don't like that word or that like saying, I feel like it's overused. It's, it's more like (laughs) a, you know, you never think you're going to know enough to maybe it is imposter syndrome. syndrome. Yeah. You never think you're going to know enough to be good enough for somebody to want to pay you to, to do what you want to do. But like, Mm -hmm. All you can do is improve that skill set like a percentage at a time. Right, right. And, and t- when, take once the you start problems com- as they come, right? It's like, okay, right. today we have to. And that was like kind of what Lambda did a good job of. It was like, okay, today you've got to figure out how to do this. And it's like, okay, today I'm going to figure out how to do this. And you might have no idea when you start. Um, but I think that, you know, like talking with people who have worked in this field, like they kind of say that like, that's what job is like every day you have a problem and you have to figure it out, whether you figure it out with Google or whether you figure it out with documentation or whether like you, 
copy and paste something off of stack overflow, which everybody does at some point in their life. Um, you know, like that's, that's being a developer is it's problem solving. It's creative, critical problem solving. I think it, it definitely lines up too with like, I was describing it to my mom, I think. And it's like, it's oddly blue collar, like, especially the, the people who are like on, you know, our level and like, not like the seven figure developers, but like in that you have your tool, which is like a computer and it's like, okay, figure out how to build this mm-hmm. and you're built, you're, you're just going to go build it. Like mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. that's like oddly blue collar and not like super like high level, uh, you know, academic or whatever mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but like, it kind of does. It's like intellectual blue collar work. <laughs> it is. You're, you're building with it. You're building stuff like with your mind instead of with your hands. Mm-hmm. But that process is still the same. Cause when you're building something with your hands, like out, out in, you know, the field, whatever you're doing, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you're doing HVAC or carpentry, mm-hmm. you're not just mindlessly nailing or like screwing boards together. You have right. a plan, right? You have an end goal and, and you're and trying little, to assemble it. Little problems come up. Like anybody that's ever done like manual labor, I think knows yep. what you're saying. Like you're building a fence. Well, there's like that weird divot in the ground right there. And like, you can't just build right over it and you don't have enough dirt to like fill the hole. You know what I mean? Like you're solving a problem. You have to customize, like you'll have a set of technical plans and you need to adapt it to like the real world or mm-hmm. whatever. And I mm-hmm. feel like you get a lot of that with, with what we're doing in like software engineering. It's like, okay, here's like the stock way of doing this. Now you have to take that stock way of doing it and adapt it to this specific application Mm -hmm. that you have to change little things here and there and you need to solve your way around it. So I guess that that's where I see like that same problem solving process that like like what we're kind of experiencing now too, which we've still only gotten like a small taste of is, and and I've, I've experienced a bit of this, like in the freelance web design that I've been doing, like on the side, but um, now we were in labs and like, we have this, this stakeholder that we're accountable to who has this product in mind. Right. And um, there's like this whole game and some people probably hate this about software, but it is what it is. Um, There's like this whole game of, trying to understand what he wants, trying to understand how we could do that. And then trying to kind of like bridge that communication um, between like what he wants and what we're, what code we're writing. That's a very unique challenge. Um, I like communication. I've always enjoyed it. I like communicating ideas. Um, I think I'm decent at it. I like that part of it. I didn't think I was going to like that part of it. And I think that that might be the thing I've enjoyed the most was that, you know, we had a good stakeholder meeting last week, just bouncing ideas off the guy who's clearly invested in this product that we're going to build for him and getting from like, I, I want this feature to do this and this is how I want to do it. And then you as like an engineer trying to pick his brain to like get to the end goal of like what you're going to build. I, mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool that mm-hmm. I liked a lot. And I think you would agree just, we have one, I don't know. What would you call him? Teacher, manager, like a real world guy who's done software engineering for like 30 years. He's running our engineering team and 
I don't understand most of what he says. <laughs> I don't I don't either, but like we'll just sit in his office hours and he'll just, just ask him questions. So you yeah. can pick his brain and it's just like, you know, I didn't see myself putting two hours aside the other night to just sit there in a Zoom meeting. Right, right. Because, because yeah, because this is like, I've got other stuff I could be doing, but I want to like, because I couldn't pay that guy what he's worth. Do you know how invaluable to- that like being able to pick that guy's brain. Right. Is, exactly. Like, I, I couldn't pay that guy what he's worth to like sit and talk to me for two hours. Like I just couldn't No. And um, so my mentor and he's, he's listening, he knows who he is. Um, would have told, like told me that those are the gray beards and quite literally this dude has he literally a gray has a gray beard. <laughs> so it's like, he said, find the gray beards, hook up with the gray beards, wherever you go and, and just learn. And I'm like, okay, that's what I'll do. So we, that's been a really cool experience. And like, honestly, like, um in general a lot of the staff i've interacted with with lambda has been very good very very professional extremely smart um a lot to offer um some instructors i've certainly liked more than others some just haven't really been my cup of tea but like i really really liked our back-end engineer uh our back-end yeah, great. teacher and i've really liked so far um working with this guy in labs yeah definitely and the other the thing was about about that even if you didn't like your live lecture teacher there was a whole library of recorded lectures from different on the same teachers topic. on the same exact topic that that i find my i found myself leaning on that more mm-hmm. than i did the live mm-hmm. lectures yeah that that is one of lambda's best features i think is they've built like a library of previously recorded lectures on the exact same lecture but like given by another instructor and there were entire units where I was like, okay, this instructor for me, it's just not working out. Like, I don't know what it is. It's just, maybe it's his communication style. We just think differently. I don't know what it is, but I'm not jiving with him. And I would just go to the, um, find an instructor I liked on like the previously recorded lectures and just watch those every week. Um, cause like you're supposed to be at the live lectures, but they basically just give you an attendance code. And as long as you punch in the attendance code, like you don't have to sit there and watch the live lecture. Um, Lambda don't, don't kick me out, but <laughs> it's true. I mean, and I think that they kind of do that by design. Um, Cause they kind of know like either. Okay. Yeah. If you punch in the attendance code, fine. Like at the end of the day, what matters is can you like actually write the code? Do you understand the, the topic, which I think is like, what's actually important. The, the main value add I found from the live lectures was being able to ask questions mm-hmm. in real time. Right. Um, but you do always have support in the Slack too. Like you can definitely, but I like being able to ask questions in real time, but I would say I did most of my learning with like either recorded versions or like the old versions and being able to like pause and digest and like mm-hmm. code. It makes it so much easier to code along if you can pause, but then you can't ask the live question, uh, live questions when it's not a live lecture. So or, or I just, found myself using both. Yeah. Or just going back, you know, to like from the lecture the night before and being like, shoot, how did he do this again? Like, I don't know. I'm actually, um, I hope Lambda, I don't know if they do this or not, but I hope that we have like a backlog of access to all of that stuff. Cause they've kind of like, you know how they've like removed us from the previous units. I don't know. I, I really if you, hope if you, if you look back through your courses, you should have access. But I mean, me, you know, being a galaxy brain, I committed and pushed all of my guided projects and all my. Uh, yeah, so did I. And all but my. You did. It's more. Um, I didn't. Well, some of the guided projects I didn't. 
Um, but most of them I did, but like it's for me, it's more, I want to be able to go back and like watch the lecture. You know what I yeah, mean? That's true. Cause they're yeah. all, they don't like really publish those publicly. They're all unlisted YouTube yeah. videos, I think. So you have, kind of have to have the links. So I don't know. Maybe we'll have that conversation with someone at Lambda at some point in the future, but. Or maybe they'll like the things that they were teaching will become like obsolete <laughs> in like six months. <laughs> very well could. Did be. you see, did you see, um, what was it? Like there, there's a whole new way of doing Redux now with hooks that we didn't learn. No, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, it's like I said, like React has kind of left my brain. I need to go back and spend some time. There's a new React router. Compatible with the old one. Oh boy. Yeah. So that's the thing. But that's the thing is like, we've learned it from scratch. You know, you can, you can learn it again. And mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that was the number one value add to me. It was like giving myself the confidence to like, you know, if you can learn this the first time, you can go, you'll go back and be able to do it again, or you'll be able to learn or learn you know, a similar framework. frame, an, yeah. another framework. Like, like I really want to learn. We did express. I want to learn flask for Python. And mm -hmm. I know I'll be able to do that because, well, I learned express and they're mm -hmm. very similar ideas. So, yeah. One of the Bitcoin companies I've applied to work for wanted me to learn elixir and I haven't had time. Uh, I haven't had time to commit to that recently, but like, I'm positive I could do it if I just sit down and take the time. Um, and maybe I will do that soon when I uh, leave my full-time job, but um, I'm certain I could do it, you know, now, especially with this background in Lambda. Um, well, you had messed, you messed around with Python a little bit before we did it in computer science, right? Yes. Yeah. That was what uh, Justin Moon's Biddle Bootcamp was, was Python. Okay. I'd never written a line of Python code and like, we just hopped right into it and, <laughs> Now that's all I use for the algorithm problems. It Python's took, a really easy language to learn though. Like took two weeks and like I was able to, you know, figure out what everything was doing at least and write, write some basic algorithms. But like, I, I actually like Python way more than JavaScript. I like it too. It's, I didn't like it at first because I was so used to the bracket bonanza mm -hmm, in JavaScript, mm -hmm. but like it's so much cleaner. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just, it's, I feel like it's more logical to write. Whereas like with JavaScript, I feel like a lot of times I'm wrestling the syntax. I feel like with Python, I don't run into that problem as much. Yeah. Well, you got anything else, man? I think um, we've hit on a lot of good stuff here. Uh... Oh yeah. I think we should reiterate um, not having having your your weeknight evenings committed like spoken for for like a year is hard like that has been oh, yeah. probably like i there've been nights that like i would come home and i'd be like dude i don't want to do lambda tonight like i i don't want to go to class i don't want to do this project i just want to like sit and play video games or something like i'm tired i don't want to do this um that you know that that's one of those you got to build the mental toughness things you got to just grind it out uh, stick it through. It is not easy. Like Lambda was not an easy experience by any means. Like it, it is not for everybody. I, I gave up my standing golf date on Saturdays to do most of the, uh, the uh, sprint challenges. Mm -hmm. That was not easy for me, man. <laughs> not easy. Yeah. But it, it, if I had to say like one, 
one thing to somebody who's thinking about doing it and like thinking about how big of a commitment it is, is like, this is kind of lame, but Jordan Peterson has this thing where he says, you know, if you want to improve yourself, find one thing and commit yourself to it for one year. Tell yourself you're going to do this one thing and you're going to commit to it and you're going to do it for one year and that's it and see what happens. And that was kind of my um, mindset going in. I was like, this is a year long program. I'm going to try as hard as I possibly can at it for one year. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I'm going to know that I tried my hardest at it and hopefully something good will, will happen. And like, I've learned more than I think I thought I was going to going in Mm -hmm. using that as, as my mindset. It's like, you know, a little more each day and just build to that, that one year. And, you know, you'll surprise yourself how much you can learn in a year. Definitely. I would agree with that hundred um, percent. So yeah, anybody listening out there who runs a fortune 500 company and is looking for a couple of very good looking junior developers, uh, you can, you can hit us up. Um, I'm at heavily RMC on Twitter, Shane. Uh, I am hero H I R O protagonist on Twitter. Hero protagonist. You know what that is? Uh, do I know like what the whole, thing is yeah no it's a play on hero protagonist the hero protagonist of snow crash the book okay i haven't read that that's actually on my list you should read it it's great if you like fiction it's great uh yeah someone, and it was written in like 94 in 94 and so like prescient like the way it describes it, it, i believe he coined the term neil stevenson coined the term metaverse in that in that book hmm I'll have to check Good that book. out. All right. Well, thanks for chatting, man. Yeah, had a good time. Thanks mm-hmm. for having me. Heavily, I'm a clown. Huh.